If you're loving this podcast, could you please take a moment to leave a review? If you're on Spotify, tap the podcast title at the top to open the show page. Scroll up to about and tap it. Tap the rating count and leave your stars. If you're on Apple Podcasts, tap the podcast title at the top, scroll down completely to ratings and reviews, and then tap write a review. Rate with stars and optional, you can write a comment. Then tap submit. Thank you so much for your support. Now, time for today's episode. I hate social media. I know that sounds really odd coming from a previous social media manager, but the truth is, I hate social media. And here's why. As a perpetual people pleaser and an unwavering need for external validation, no matter how hard I try to get rid of it in therapy, social media is like a drug to me. Every like or comment I get is a validation and boost to my ego that I said something right. But on the other hand, every decrease in follower count or lower engagement is like a needle through the heart, shattering my ego. It's honestly really bad. I'm saying all of this because I sort of hope you may have a similar experience with social media. Maybe not exactly, but maybe you understand my gist here. If you don't and you have a million followers and get really good engagement and all of this happens without your ego being inflated or deflated, what are your secrets? Please share. I clearly need your wisdom. Besides the point, what I want to say is that yes, I am on social media still. In fact, it feels absolutely necessary to be on these social media channels. How else am I going to promote my services? How else will any of my dream clients find me? It feels like a catch 22. I'm also just going to jump back really quick to explain about the social media manager thing. See, I spent my 30s as a social media manager. So honestly, social media might as well be my bread and butter. But there's something about posting someone else's content that I was able to compartmentalize my feelings about it all. Now that I spend my days promoting my business and my podcast, it feels personal. It is way harder. And I feel like you may be in the same boat. If you're listening to this episode, I feel like we might be agreeing on this. So that's exactly why I've decided to do an episode about this exact topic. Because even though I'll probably not get off the social media train anytime soon, I still really want to solidify my thoughts on what other options are out there and how we can get more listens, get more dream clients without social media. Or should I say, in addition to social media? So get ready to get off the grid with me. If you're on a walk, pick up the pace and know that the show notes will have the resources you need to review after. And if you're on the couch, grab a notepad and pen because this could get juicy. <laughs> and also a taco because I love tacos. They're the best. Or if you're on your commute, smile big because this episode could be a big game changer for you. But first, you should know who Brave Moon Podcast is and a little about me. I'm Jamie Kennedy, and no, no association with that comedian from the Jamie Kennedy Experiment and the movie Scream. And yes, I am a podcast expert and producer behind Brave Moon Podcasts. 
Today, I'm excited to let you in on some behind the scenes magic and spill the beans on how I make podcasting dreams come true, all from the cozy comfort of my home. You see, my little podcast haven is nestled in the back corner of our apartment, which I share with my husband, our adorable yet extremely rambunctious rescue dog Riggs. And guess what? Podcasting from home is totally achievable. You don't need a fancy studio or a bank breaking budget. The equipment I'm using right now cost me less than $400 and the software and programs I rely on to create, record, edit, and publish my podcast are less than $30 a month. Everything you hear today is a result of the countless hours of research and experimentation so I can handpick the best tools and techniques for you. No guesswork involved. I'm all about setting you up for a podcasting success. Whether you're a busy creator, small business owner, or a wellnesspreneur, I'm here to make your podcasting journey smooth and enjoyable. So how can you dive deeper into this podcasting adventure with me? Hop onto my website and grab my free Start a Podcast Guide. It's a treasure trove of wisdom featuring a comprehensive startup podcast checklist and my top-notch recommendations for audio equipment, podcast hosts, and recording platforms. When you download the guide, you'll also join my email crew where I send you fast, fun, and free updates on the latest podcast news and industry tips. But hey, you can unsubscribe anytime. There are no hard feelings, I promise. In every episode, I dish out product and software recommendations that I swear by. Now, I know you're eager to explore and discover the tools you need to kickstart your podcasting journey. Okay, so I'm a big believer in taking the road less traveled, getting brave and testing the waters. Sure, social media is a super powerful tool for podcast promotion, and I'm not even saying ditch it because frankly, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, social media is a catch-22 because it works. It sucks. but it works. But now we're going to explore other avenues that don't involve endless scrolling, ego-busting tactics, or cat memes. Although I do love a good cat meme from time to time. So here's my five hacks, aka alternatives to promoting your podcast on social media. Hack number one, the most overlooked yet most important promotional tactic in the podcast world is word of mouth. If you want to see your podcast spread like wildfire, there is nothing quite like that one friend sharing to another friend a podcast episode. In fact, did you know that people trust recommendations from their friends and family more than any other form of marketing? According to a study by Nielsen, 88% of consumers trust recommendations from people they know more than any other form of marketing. This is because people are more likely to believe that their friends and family are giving them honest and unbiased opinions. So what does this mean? Encourage your existing listeners to share their favorite episodes with their friends, family, or even random strangers at the yoga studio. How do you do this? There are a couple ways. Number one, speak about it in your episode. And number two, call it out in your show notes. So like right now, I'm going to ask if you will share this episode with a friend or colleague who dreams about starting a podcast. No, really, please do. Hit that share icon on your screen and send the link to anyone who dreams about starting a podcast. Even someone who already started one would work. And you're totally going to find the request in my show notes too. And I'll just mention here that 66% of people have shared a podcast or podcast episode they love with someone else. So don't feel like what you're asking will be met with deaf ears. If your listeners are tuning in, more than likely they like you and are ready to be supportive and helpful. 
After all, the more people they get to listen to the episode, the more episodes you'll be able to make. It's a win-win situation for everyone involved. Hack number two. The second hack I'll mention is engagement. Interact with your listeners like they're your best friends at game night playing exploding kittens and drinking too much wine. Oh, no, just me. (laughs) Respond to their emails, reviews, or carrier pigeons. Hey, it's an option. Make them feel valued, heard, and part of the podcast family, the community. A little extra TLC goes a long way in building a supportive community around your show. So don't be afraid to add your email address to your show notes or links to a poll or your website and verbally encourage people during your podcast episode to reach out. I'll just share a quick example, especially because she's probably listening right now. So Kim from Los Angeles sent me an email talking about how my podcast inspired her to start her own podcast. She'd been sitting on the idea for years, but when she heard my first podcast episode, start before you are ready, something clicked and she decided to jump in headfirst. You bet I replied with the warmest, most emoji-filled message ever. Now I feel like we're email pals, which I absolutely love. I seriously can't stress enough how important it is to value your listeners and show up for them as much as they show up for you. Hack number three. Why take the podcasting journey alone when you can join forces with fellow creators? Seek out podcast buddies who share your vibe and audience, but aren't direct competitors. In fact, if you've done your due diligence and choose a niche that really stands out, you don't have to worry about competitors. For example, let's just say that you're a nutritionist and your podcast is about nutrition. But because you took the time to pick a strong niche, like you used my podcast niche brainstorming worksheet from my website, your nutrition podcast is specifically for women who battle IBS issues, for example. What this means is you can easily reach out to any nutritionist out there who has a podcast or not to join you, because even though you may be in the same field, you have set yourself apart as the leading expert for women with IBS issues. More than likely, your dream client won't align with many other nutritionists out there, giving you ample opportunity for collaboration over competition. And I should just point out, I hate the concept of competition anyway. If you find a nutritionist out there who has the same niche as you, why not find a way to collaborate anyway? Maybe create an episode together that you share on both podcasts. Maybe you write a cohesive blog article with your unique thought leadership in the subject you both love. There are ample opportunities to put down the sword and give each other a pat on the back instead. But besides the point, choose experts in your general field who have podcasts or do speaking events or offer courses and then collaborate. Collaborate on special episodes, cross-promote each other's shows, and introduce your listeners to new content they'll adore. Hack number four. Whether you have an email list or you don't have an email list, you need an email list. Something I didn't mention before about social media is that these social media channels we rely on to gain followers and capture the attention of dream clients, they can go bye-bye in a heartbeat. Sorry to say, but Twitter, I think it's called Z now, is a perfect example of this. Remember not long ago when everyone was half-jokingly saying goodbye to Twitter as there was a mass exodus out the door after What's-His-Name took over? We know now we didn't end up shutting down the channel or the man, (laughs) but it was close. (laughs) Or how about the time that Kylie Jenner complained about Snapchat, posting a story on her Instagram account? She said that she was quote-unquote over Snapchat and that she was quote-unquote not going to use it anymore. This led to a significant drop in Snapchat's stock price, 
as investors worried that Jenner's departure would lead to a loss of users. In the years since Jenner's complaint, Snapchat has made some efforts to improve the app. However, it has not been able to regain its former popularity. As of 2023, Snapchat is still a popular app, but it is no longer the dominant force in the social media landscape. So imagine those people who had built a significant following on one of those apps. What happens if the app just shuts down? Or what happens, like in Snapchat's case, where your followers get off the app? It is honestly sort of a nightmare scenario, isn't it? But there's one thing you do own and you can rely on it more than social media platforms, and that's emails. Email marketing is the most effective way to acquire new customers. According to a study by McKinsey, email marketing is 40 times more effective at acquiring new customers than Facebook and Twitter combined. Also, email marketing has a 17% conversion rate. This means that for every 100 emails you send, 17 of them will result in a sale or a lead. My tips for promoting your podcast via your email list? First and foremost, give people a reason to opt into your list, and it better be good. I don't know about you, but I'm super protective over my inbox. I hate getting emails that just want to sell me something. So you better give me something of real value in order to get my email address. Give them something of value that will help them on their journey and ask for them to sign up for your email list in exchange. For me, that's currently my startup podcast guide, which really is packed with a ton of great value for my listeners. No, really, I put hours of research putting that together. With your freebie, you may choose to change or update it, which I have done and will continue to do so. But nevertheless, give people a reason to join your email community. Once they've joined, just keep providing them more free value. I'm going to stress this. Don't show up in their inbox only when you have something to sell. If you're doing this, you're asking to get unsubscribes and you don't want that, obviously. I'd recommend sending a weekly or a bi-weekly email, making sure you're providing easy, free tips and advice related to your niche. And always include a link to your latest podcast episode. After all, that's fun, free value for your subscribers too. Some more ideas. Send out personalized updates and stories of the week, quotes or news stories that may be of interest to your subscribers, behind-the-scenes stories, and exclusive sneak peeks to keep your audience hooked and eagerly awaiting every new episode. Hack number five. Ever hear the phrase, sharing is caring? Well, in podcasting terms, reviewing is caring. This is similar to word of mouth, but instead of a trusted friend, people are trusting other listeners of the podcast. So encourage your listeners to leave heartfelt reviews on platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Positive reviews boost your podcast visibility by helping you rank higher in search results because Apple Podcasts and Spotify often rank their podcasts in the search results by star rating. Positive reviews also help you build trust and credibility because people are more likely to trust that your podcast is good and worth listening to. In fact, a study by Convince and Convert found that podcasts with five-star reviews have a 130% higher conversion rate than podcasts with four-star reviews. Even that extra star can make a huge difference. All right, my friend, you're now equipped with some alternative promotional options that don't involve Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you name it. One last tip from the formula we use here at Brave Moon for successful podcasts, authenticity is key. Stay true to your podcast's unique flavor and success will follow like a well-timed punchline. Before we wrap up, I want to hear from you. 
What creative promotional tactics have you tried outside of the social media realm? Share your ideas and stories with me directly via email or on my Instagram. Ugh, gross, I know. And if you found the episode helpful at all, don't forget to spread the love and share it with your fellow podcasters. And if you found this episode helpful, don't forget to leave a review. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep on casting those pods and embracing the journey with a hearty laugh and a taco in hand.